Welcome to Shandy Andy's Unguarded Treasure, Series 1, Episode 9. I received some great responses to my Episode 6, Religions in Fantasy Role-Playing Games. I'm not including the messages I got from that particular episode because I'm going to create a separate episode to cover all the fantastic points that were raised and also bring people up to date with where I've got creating my religions. Hopefully that'll be in a week or so. Here's a message from Shay Webster of Roleplay Rescue in response to my episode 7, Roleplayed Rescue. Hey there, Shandy Andy. It's Shay from Roleplay Rescue. Just wanted to say thank you, first of all, for the shout-out regarding the podcast. Secondly, for... Well, really, I guess some quite flattering comments about our session on Friday, which I absolutely enjoyed and loved. Thanks so much for coming. And, yeah, thanks for making it sound probably more exciting than it was. I, I did, however, really enjoy myself, and I hope that you did too. Um, Yeah, the Wargamer in me loves all that stuff. So, yeah, cool stuff. I uh, appreciated you um, humoring me. Hey, man, all the best, and uh, game on. Hey, Shay, you do yourself a disservice. It was a good session. And uh, for any other listeners, just to bring them up to date, we did yet another session on the Friday just gone, the 6th of September. And Dave, one of the other players, came along, uh, rolled up his character. And then both our characters were taken through a fight against four goblins, I think it was. Um, I think this is quite an important thing when you're learning a new system is to get a chance to actually put your characters into the combat and get it a little bit figured out before you leap into the campaign and end up with a total party kill due to player inability to quite grasp the rules quickly enough. So it's been a really useful exercise and I've enjoyed both Mm -hmm. sessions, say. The next section of my podcast is devoted to messages in response to my episode 8, What If, where I pondered what if Dave Wesley, Dave Arneson and Gary Gygax had never met. First we have some messages from Dave Aldridge of D Percentile. Hey Andy, really enjoyed your What If episode. I like my historical counterfactuals. I don't really... Yes, I don't know how much we can speculate on this. I just remember my experience of discovering RPGs. I was very, very young because I discovered it through Fighting Fantasy and then Advanced Fighting Fantasy, which really was geared towards a very much younger reader. I was in primary school. I, well, I couldn't have been older than 10 and I was likely younger when I first discovered, started playing, running and training my friends to play RPGs. And my experience then was of the discovery of something that I'd been waiting for uh, in my, all of my short life. Now, that's not a particularly significant experience, um, given that even though I'd never encountered RPGs before that, they would have been in the ether, you know, whatever. Regardless of whether I'd directly encountered role-playing, it had already been around for a good long time and it already affected some transformations of the world such that um, 
that would have already affected perhaps the things that I was encountering. But certainly that experience of, you know, this, this is the thing I was waiting for, this is the thing I was waiting to play, you know, makes me wonder whether, you know, if it hadn't been there already, then it's something a lot of us might have independently found our way to. But then if you're going to say that, you kind of wonder, well, why didn't people independently find their way to it um, long before the 70s in various ways? Maybe they did, but they didn't record it. Um, so there's definitely something originary and foundational in that particular conjunction of personalities and events. Um, yeah, I don't know what I'm saying, except that I enjoyed uh, thinking about it along with you. Cheers, Andy. Some great thoughts there from Dave. The one I'd like to add to what he was saying is why perhaps role-playing hadn't been invented, if you like, before the 1960s stroke 70s. And my best guess would be it needed the mass population, effectively, to have enough leisure time to be able to get together and start to play something along the lines of role-playing games and I, my, my guess would be before the 1960s there probably wasn't that leisure time we were all uh, everyone would have been all too busy working and the, there would have been a relatively small number of people who had enough leisure time to invent it and there would have been not enough people to play it basically so that would be my thought I don't know how accurate it is but there you go yeah, I like the suggestion of reversing the direction of influence back from computer games back to RPGs rather than the other way around. Certainly Peterson attributes even damage mechanics in computer games, you know, the idea that um, characters can only take a certain amount of damage before they die to RPGs. And I think that's just a little bit strong. I'm pretty sure that's a mechanic that would have emerged anyway. Didn't need Dungeons & Dragons for that. So maybe, yeah, maybe in an alternate reality that could have been the direction of travel. I just think, you know, out of class, uh, sorry, out of playground interactions it could have come. I remember, you know, I said I was waiting for RPGs for a long time, but I remember being frustrated. You know, bang, bang, I shot you. No, you didn't. You missed. You know, I, uh, even then, <laughs> at the age of sort of six or seven, I craved some way of um, negotiating those disagreements. You know, I wonder if we, we all would have got there. Dave, you make a good point about the playground. Yeah, I can remember having similar experiences back in the day. I do wonder whether for someone to invent role-playing in that, it was as much to do with the people who were around them. You know, um, certainly thinking back, there weren't many role players around in the early 80s when I started and I, I sort of migrated to the few people who did tend to do the role playing uh, games. But I wonder if role playing hadn't have been invented, I doubt whether I'd have invented it, certainly. I, I think I'd have needed a bigger group of like-minded people, which I think is what they found in the Twin Cities back in the uh, in the 60s and 70s. Anyway, who knows? But it's been interesting just listening to your messages, Dave, so thanks very much. The next message is from Spencer, a.k.a. Free For All, from Keep Off The Borderlands. Hey, Shandy Andy, it's Spencer here. Uh, now, I'm not sure if you mentioned Will Crowther, but I was having a bit of a Google after listening to you, your very interesting 
what if episode and uh, I thought about coming at it from the interactive fiction direction uh, see if there was a, a kind of a way in through there discovered this guy Will Crowther who wrote the first text adventure game uh, just called Adventure in 1975 but on a little further investigation I discovered that he was already playing D&D at the time so not such an alternative route into gaming as I'd first imagined but I just thought I'd share that with you great episode by the way thanks for the message Spencer yeah that was interesting I wasn't aware of the exact date of when the first text adventure was created on a computer and I must admit I thought it was a bit early than uh, 1975 so that was a bit of a surprise that it came out of D&D to be honest um, I suppose the technology in the computers was still very limited at that time but I still would have thought certainly in the 1960s possibly something could have been created along the lines of a text adventure. So it was interesting to see that that came out of D&D. But I see no reason why it had to come out of D&D. And certainly I think if D&D hadn't have been invented, the computers would have provided a very fertile ground for role-playing to come out of a something like a text adventure in the mid to late 70s anyway. Cheers for the call. And the next few messages are once again from Dave Aldridge of Deeper Centile. Hey Andy, it's Dave again. Look, I've been thinking about your What If episode. The dice, of, the dice are screaming in their Appendix N discussion recently did a little bit of a What If in that they attributed the um, collections of stories in a shared universe by different authors to the rise of gaming. And I wasn't sure really about that, whether that was the direction of travel. That made me think about the Detection Club, which I think got going maybe in the 30s, um, group of well-known uh, crime authors, G.K. Chesterton, Dorothy Sayers, Agatha Christie, where they used to collaboratively write crime novels. Uh, this is going to be a Jackson. I'll cut off now. Yeah, so the one I've got on my shelf here is The Floating Admiral. Uh, and what they used to do... G.K. Chesterton started this one off, I think, wrote the first chapter, and then they would hand that chapter on, and uh, one of the other authors would write the next chapter, and along the way they were required to have um, in their notes but not share their own solution to the to the mystery and obviously that as they were writing the different chapters, they all had different potentially different solutions in mind um, and what you got. I'm not sure how well they stand up as, as literary works, but what you got was a really good example of an emergent narrative, which isn't far off from some of these um, GM-less games um, that we would probably attribute to D&D, you know, the, where, where um, authorship is, is shared between different collaborators. And it just seems to me that, you know, again, the director of... The direction of travel, that is, might have been different, rather than from... Uh, RPGs to uh, GM-less emergent or collaborative fiction, it might have gone the other way. Maybe out of these collaborative 
literary endeavours, something like the RPG might have emerged. Anyway, I'm probably way off topic, but uh, these are my thoughts, thanks to uh, the Dice of Screaming podcast. I'll catch you soon, Andy. Correcting myself, looking inside the floating admiral, uh, Victor Whitechurch wrote the first chapter. Uh, I'd misremembered because G.K. Chesterton then wrote the prologue, if anyone's interested. Dave, your messages just sum up what is so fantastic about Anchor. I just think it's great that we can put out podcasts um, and then other people go away and have a think and come back with suggestions and messages about things that I, I wasn't aware of. I was not aware of this detection club at all. Um, and fascinating, something I'll do a little bit of research on. And I, I completely agree with what you're saying. It's entirely possible that something along those lines might well have uh, produced ro- role-playing and role-playing games. So very valid points indeed. And the final message in this episode is from Colin Green from the Spike Pit RPG podcast. Hi Andy, it's Colin, Spike Pit here. Always good to hear a new voice on Anchor. I know you've been doing it a little while but I'm a bit slow catching up. There's been quite a few new people recently. And uh, yeah, there's only so many hours in the day, but sounds like you're enjoying it. I've had great fun with Anchor. Look forward to seeing, or more correctly hearing, what you do in the future. Take care, mate. Thanks for the message, Colin. It's always good to hear from other Anchorites who are listening in and getting some encouragement from them. And yes, hopefully, I'll keep going for some time yet. One little thing I'd like to add to this episode is that um, usually once a week, we, me, myself, my wife and our two kids, we go out to the pub and I have a couple of pints and we have a pork pie and the boys have some soft drinks and we usually sit around have a natter sometimes play minecraft uh, together if we're feeling really unsocial Um, but it's nice to have some interaction with the boys and one of the things that came out was i was saying about my role playing and the boys are all very aware of it and in the past we've done a little bit of role playing together and i said you know do you fancy doing a bit more guys and immediately my eldest was yeah 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 can we carry on the uh, viking role-playing game that you were running for us a few months ago and he was really enthusiastic about carrying on with his character and he wanted to finish exploring the island they'd got shipwrecked on and uh, that was really great that was I was because I was uh, thinking we might you know start again with a different system or anything but I mean systems don't mean anything to the kids so uh, uh, my eldest is only 10 um, so that's great so that's uh, a D&D BX I wouldn't say it was a campaign, but an adventure where it was just shipwrecked on an island and exploration. So we're going to try and do that every Wednesday now with my wife joining in as well. She was very keen, it turned out, to carry on playing as well um, because we've done some one-on-one, which she enjoyed, but just found that struggled a bit sometimes to make decisions because she'd never done role-playing before and she's never played in a group. So she really... uh, wanted to get back into it and give it a go so i'm going to be running the haunted keep the scenario in the back of the Mulvey basic book so great stuff really looking forward to that
I think that's this episode done and dusted. It just remains for me to thank everyone who sent messages in. Shay Webster from Roleplay Rescue, Colin Green from Spike Pit RPG Podcast, Dave Aldridge from D Percentile, and Spencer, a.k.a. Free For All, from Keep Off The Borderlands.